You can get into this state of mind as often and as much as you want with just the simple thought. How can you frame and reframe these situations in a way that they're more entertaining, more stimulating to you, and more interesting? How can you enjoy your life more? Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, hey guys, welcome in and welcome back to another episode of the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast. Thank you so much for joining in today. I hope you're all feeling really good. I know I am. We're gearing up here for spring break. We are headed to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico for five days. We're going with my brother-in-laws and we're bringing the kiddos. They've got a really beautiful villa down there right on the beach. So we'll be staying there. It's our third time going, starting to feel a bit more like locals, I guess. And this morning I was doing some planning. We're trying to plan. My stepson wants to go deep sea fishing. So we were looking at that and the whole thing, the whole vacation vibe, it just feels so good. And it made me think about, or I guess I have been thinking about for the last few days, this really, really interesting conversation that I had the other day. And I wanted to extend this thought process to all of you. And I'm sure you'll be like me and you'll be mulling it around in your head for a while. So feel free, come back, listen to this episode again once you let this concept digest. But I want to paint this picture for you, if you will, as we dive into this conversation that I wanted to share. Our conversation really started in talking about different states of being, as in sometimes it's the things around us that are influencing how we feel. It's happening to us, so to speak. That could be maybe the way people around us are treating us. If that's good or bad, we feel a certain way. How well our efforts are being received by others or Maybe they're not being well-received or the way your partner or your friends, the way they're feeling. So it affects the way they show up for you. This could be the way your boss is talking to you, traffic, any and all things like that. That can affect our state of being. Sometimes it's our thoughts. If we're going down memory lane, maybe it's an uplifting memory or one that doesn't feel so good. If we're excited for our day or if we're dreading it, maybe we're replaying that one conversation over and over, thinking of different scenarios, right? Sometimes what's affecting our state of being, and which is what I like to talk about, is our intentional thought work, our intentional redirection or misdirection of our subconscious thoughts to something that serves us better. But all of that to say there's a lot of things that can affect our state of being. And in my case, and I'd be willing to say this is the same for a lot of people, if I could pick my number one top favorite state of being, the one that I have the best mindset, that brings me the greatest alignment, the best growth, and it just feels like things fall in my lap, serendipitous little happenings just come for me, it's usually when I'm in a playful spirit, when I'm in a playful state of being. When I'm in 
my happiest place, I'm feeling playful usually. This is vacation brain. And to me, this is what luxury feels like, is the ability to be playful. And I've said this a while ago, but I do want to give this little reminder, just throw this in real quick. One thing that honestly just made my life feel softer, more comfy, and more loving is the understanding that luxury is not a price, not a place, it's not anything like that, but luxury is an experience. And maybe it's because I'm a Taurus, your girl loves luxury, but honestly, anything you want can be a luxurious experience. And I think you get there through a somewhat of a sense of play. But think, a shower obviously can be luxurious if it's in a really grand hotel, you're encased in marble, maybe it's steaming up really nice. But You can also create a luxurious shower experience in a crappy little gym shower if you want. You close your eyes, you use your favorite smell, you caress your own body with that favorite scent. You know, you take that time to really care for you and your body and love that moment. That's luxury. Coffee at the nicest brew house with all the fixings, right? That's luxury, but so is taking your favorite cute cup on the patio and leaving your phone inside and just breathing it in and feeling the sun, being with you and only you totally present for a moment, that's luxury. And like I said, for me, what gets me in that headspace is in line with the thought work of playfulness. Basically, how can I make this more enjoyable? How can I make this better for me? How can I make my need-to-dos get-to-dos? I think it's playfulness, which lends itself in a spectrum from fun to luxury in my personal little pendulum swing here. It allows me to live a life that I just enjoy more. And I want you to consider this, right? This concept or this idea of playfulness. It's something that is so important. We consider it so important for the little ones. It's highly prioritize their good time and their good play. It's even important up into our teenage years. We, again, really prioritize their play, their excitement, their enjoyment. So when does this conversation seem to fall off for adults? When does it fall off for the rest of our life? When do we focus on or prioritize our play and our excitement and our feel goods in a really meaningful way? If you're listening to this and you're only thinking about your vacation or maybe playing with someone else, you know, entertaining the kids or someone else, then I'm really glad you're listening to this episode. I want you to start thinking about how much you prioritize your own playfulness, excitement, curiosity, and everything in between. Because here's the thing that gets to me. Here's just another little caveat here is... Now, first, I mean this with no shame to anyone who feels what I'm about to explore, but so many people that I talk to, that I coach, that I work with, I'm talking, this is consistent. This is very frequent. When I request that someone does an activity, does something for themselves that takes 15, 20 minutes, I'm telling you, you'd be so surprised how many people tell me that they cannot dedicate 15 to 20 minutes purely to themselves in a day, that their current lifestyle doesn't allow it. Now, we know, especially if you've been around this podcast or my coaching for a while, that is something that I work really hard on helping people change, really redirecting that thought process or teaching a new thought process so that we don't feel that way, so our lives 
aren't like that, where you can't even pour into yourself for 15 to 20 minutes. But I do talk about that a lot. So that's not even what I'm talking about today, even though, you know, I will again. But today I am really more focused on the mindset, the the attitude, the vibe, whatever you want to call it, of choosing your perspective, choosing that state that you're in and choosing to prioritize your own play. And you know me, I love to see when the science about things falls in line to what we intuitively feel or what we know to be true. So I'm sure you can expect after thinking about this, and as I said, kind of mulling it around for a while, I had to go and see what the science said. And of course, as most things, the science already backs it up. And I want to pull a quote from a study called The Positive Relationships of Playfulness with Indicators of Health, Activity, and Physical Fitness. They said, it was a man named Proyer said, adult playfulness is an individual difference variable, or more simply said, that's just a personality trait. It's a personality trait that enables people to frame or reframe everyday situations in such a way that they experience them as entertaining, as intellectually stimulating, or just personally interesting. Those on the high end of this dimension, or people that rate really highly for playfulness, they tend to seek and establish situations that they can interact playfully with others. So think sports, or sometimes like playful teasing. This can just be shared fun activities. They're capable of using their playfulness even under difficult situations to resolve tension. So this is things like in social interactions or in work type settings. Playfulness is also associated with the preference for complexity rather than simplicity and a preference for and liking of sometimes more unusual activities, objects, or topics, or even individuals. So after reading this, right off the bat, I'm thinking for me, that's so true, and a playful attitude really helps me in so many different ways. For instance, the first one that comes to mind is being playful really helps me get started on big or hard or uncomfy tasks. As you probably know, I am a recovering perfectionist with very strong symptoms sometimes of paralysis by analysis. I get way too serious, can get in my head, and... Long story short, basically tire myself out thinking of all the possibilities of something, trying to resolve any hypothetical problem, whatever, but not actually completing anything and then just being tired and a little stressed. But when I look at things with a playful attitude, it really helps. I mean, this can be kind of even just laughing at myself sometimes, meaning like, okay, wow, I'm letting this little worldly thing just shake me up. How silly is that? Like, why am I scared of this piece of paper doing this form? Like, that's absurd. Or it might be on the other side of the spectrum here. It might be, for the hard thing, bringing myself a little set up by the pool. Getting myself a cute little drink and a cute little cup. Maybe just making that pretend vacation work spot simply because it'll make that more fun. And simply because I can. This could be turning on music and dancing a little bit, doing the things that you feel in the moment that you don't really want to do. 
This is another example, like if you ever cook and pretend that you're a fancy chef, I mean, sometimes I will watch like MasterChef or something like that while I'm cooking to make it more fun, especially if getting started, I'm just not in the mood to cook or cleaning. Cleaning can be the same thing. If you're listening to your music or you're dancing a little bit or you're allowing this to just be your time for throw your headphones on and listen to nothing. Have your little creative moment. Explore in your head. This can be your playtime, just doing the things you already had to do. I know one that I was just thinking about recently, again, kind of after this conversation, is I was out on my walking trail. I'm feeling really good, feeling really playful, kind of in this state. And I'm listening to my music and I really wanted to just kind of throw my arms up and do this little spin. Like I was just feeling that kind of sky high, like tra-la-la, right? And for a second, I was like, oh my gosh, what if there's like people out here? It's, you know, it's sunny afternoon. I'm sure there is. What am I going to be doing? Like throwing my arms up and dancing on this trail. But even just think about that thought process, which is so normal. What am I actually worried about here? Am I genuinely embarrassed that someone might look at me and be like, wow, this girl is having a really great time on her walk. Like, what's the problem with that? What else could you think, right? So think about things like this. Where are we stopping our playfulness even sometimes? That, oh, we're an adult or we're this or we can't do that because I'm just on the walking trail. All I can do is walk. Like, why do we do this to ourselves? And you can even extend this playfulness into arguments, right? You're talking to someone and instead of being so set on them hearing you or the fact that they're not hearing you, maybe just laughing a little bit about how impassioned you both are in that moment about getting the other to see something that really doesn't even matter, right? Think about it at work at least being open to more fun, at least. And instead of allowing yourself to succumb or get stuck in that monotony, which is so easy, it can be like quicksand and just feel just as heavy. But you can really, if you choose to, let those more mundane things just become more fun. And not only does this make you feel better, but literally this is better for your overall health too. This boosts your complete overall well-being. Think about this, even in your head. What's the opposite of worry and anxiety? It's excitement. It's curiosity. What do those two words lend themselves to? When I think of excitement, curiosity, that feels in line with playfulness. And I found another study that even said that playfulness in adults can and usually is linked to more desirable characteristics like making or like liking to make people laugh or the ability to ease tension in a room or being able to support creative processes by other people or in groups. They found that the higher playfulness scores people got, the more they, they were associated with higher creativity, appreciating beauty, things like art and nature, really approaching life with excitement and energy. They have more playful and deep expressions of love. They have a deeper sense of hope. They find more humor. And all of this really helps you cope with stress. 
And I don't need to go into it again about the stress hormone, cortisol, what it does to your gut biome, what it does to your immune system, your inflammation, everything in between. But spending time doing the things that bring you joy and pleasure reduces that cortisol, releases that stress. It counteracts that feeling of stress. Being able to be playful helps you use healthier coping styles and do things like positive reframing for the things that stress us out. And being in that playful state really, again, those coping skills get stronger, but not only that, you're more likely to use them and use them efficiently because we have a better sense of the outcome. So let's think about how we can be more playful. Unlike the kids, unlike the teams where we've got sports, we've literally got, you know, send them out in the yard for recess, all of this, we don't have pre-scheduled playtimes that are done for us. It would be amazing if we societally cultivated it, but that is not the case, at least not yet. But that means that we really just have to be intentional about finding the ways that we incorporate play or playfulness into our lives. Now, I found that Dr. Stuart Brown, he's the founder of the National Institute for Play. Yes, there's literally a National Institute, but he found eight different what they call play personalities that can help you figure out what works best for you in finding that enjoyment, that playful, creating that state of being for you. So we've got the collector. This is someone who enjoys building collections. They like collecting stamps or vintage cars, things like that. You've got the competitor, so you enjoy playing and winning games with rules. You like that structure, maybe joining a soccer team or a tennis team, something like that. There's also the creator or the artist where you find more joy in making things or making things work. Maybe that's decorating, doodling, just creating something with your hands, sewing, working out in the garage. Maybe you are the director so you enjoy planning, directing. You are the one that's hosting all the parties. You are the one that's putting the vacations together. Maybe you are the explorer. So this is someone who plays by discovering new things. Either this is physically a new place. This is mentally you learn something new. Maybe this is kind of one of mine, definitely. Y'all know I love to go walk outside. I love to find a new trail or finding that new type of music, learning something on a new podcast. Maybe this is the joker. You could be someone who is silly. You like to make people laugh. Maybe you're the comedian of the group. There's also the more kinesthetic play. So you really enjoy moving your body. Maybe you're the one that's doing all the different classes, doing all the studio workouts. Or maybe the eighth type is the storyteller. You either really like to listen to people talk or you like to create stories. Maybe you're someone who works in a the theater. You like writing in a journal. And you can definitely overlap into a few of these. I see my play type in a lot. I'm not really a collector. I don't like too many things, but I am very competitive. I love to work out with people to really push myself. You know, I'm definitely a creator and an artist. I really like to paint. I like to draw. I like to create things. I like to do this podcast. 
Um, I like to maybe not a full director by myself because I want everyone to be happy and, you know, hosting events, parties, things like that. But I love to work with the director. I wonder which one that falls in line with. It's like the helper, right? As I said, I'm definitely already the explorer, the kinesthetic playful. I think that falls in line with my competitive side and as a podcast host and someone who talks to people for a living, I think storyteller is me as well. So I definitely can see and can think through and maybe visualize different ways that I fall into each or most of these categories. So I would suggest you do the same. I've got this list in the show notes. Um, I put the little description as well. So peek back up on there. But again, if you're someone who wants to tap more into your playfulness or maybe tap into it for the first time in a long time, using these markers can probably help you find what ties to you most. When you're thinking about this, what makes you go like, ooh, well, I like this, write it down, make a journal, make a list. And again, let's see how we can start incorporating this. And something I talk about all the time is the importance of moving your body, of changing your stimuli, especially if we are feeling stuck, if we're feeling like we're in the quicksand of the mundane, monotonous things. You want to change your stimuli. You want to move your body. Action begets action, which begets our momentum. So you really want to change. You want to get that momentum to change. Actually get up and move. So when you're moving your body, again, this does not have to be going to the gym and picking the heavy thing up and setting it back down a bunch of times, right? If you love that, great. I do too. But moving your body, using your body, this could be any of the things that brought you joy earlier on in life. This is instead of maybe going to your gym pool and swimming laps, let's go do a dive competition with your friends. When is the last time you've done that? Or swim laps, hold your breath, see how far you can go. Or bring a frisbee out or your favorite ball and throw it around with someone. Try a sport that used to bring you enjoyment in high school or something like that. Try new establishments. If you've never gone rock climbing, try something like that. And again, this can be free. This can be that little bit of time that you're maybe already setting out to get some movement, what have you, but changing your stimuli, trying something new and allowing yourself to tap back into that playful attitude. Not only is it good for your physical health, but your mental health as well. And again, playfulness is just about, just as much about your mindset as it is whatever activity you're doing, but more so how you're doing it. We've all seen that it's this picture of two guys, or this little cartoon of two guys on a train, and one is looking at just the rocks. There's nothing to see. And the other one is looking all into the city with excitement. And of course, the one that's just looking at the rocks is sad. He's bored. He's not enjoying himself. And the other one is using his playful eyes, getting excited, seeing what he can see. And as simple as that is, I want you to picture even the simplest of tasks like this. Just like in this little comic strip, all he had to do was turn around, redirect his attention, and he could see just as beautiful as the other guy behind him. And I'll put a link to this if you have no idea what I'm talking about, but it is a really cool visual for it. But just like the guy in the visual, you can redirect your attention as simply as something like turning around or turning your mindset around. You can get into this state of mind as often and as much as you want with just the simple thought. 
How can you frame and reframe these situations in a way that they're more entertaining, more stimulating to you, and more interesting? How can you enjoy your life more? And when you start doing these things and you really start incorporating them, I cannot wait to hear what improvements you make and what you accomplish. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. Mm -hmm.